0: Up internet, I only date only children or the oldest of three. My name is Matthew Kroll. And not every white guy in New
1: York needs a podcast. My name is Shaheer Dowd. I feel personally attacked, (laughs) and this
0: is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film. About podcasts. Vengeance. Vengeance.
1: Vengeance. Have you ever taken vengeance upon someone? Oh,
0: yeah. Really? A hundred thousand trillion percent I have.
1: Okay, now I'm, I'm guessing it's not physical vengeance oh, you've taken no, upon no, someone no, no, no. because I've you're not into, that guy. I've gotten
0: into two to three fights in my life and they were all before I was the age 22 and not none of them what I would consider vengeance.
1: Okay, so how would you... Um, okay, l- let's lay out hypotheticals here so we don't implicate ourselves into any sure, situation. Sure, sure. Let's say I slighted you in some way. You, you do uh, that every day. <laughs> I do do that every day. Okay, so let's say that you were personally insulted by my take of your opinion on Spotlight how would you wreak vengeance upon me? You've done this, actually. I know you've done this. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I
0: remember what you did. What did I do? I'm you sure I did. You made me watch
1: Marvel movies for the rest of my fucking life. Oh, I did. I did. That's
0: still going, actually. So I guess I should ask you how it's going.
1: Uh, yeah, no, Yeah, I, I I didn't realize that vengeance has been sought upon me.
0: Yeah. My
1: vengeance is slow
0: and yeah. often um uh coconut flavored which is uh, which is a nice adjustment i think at least you give it a little little nice thing in there are you trying to poison
1: me what is happening here oh no that would be <laughs> arsenic that if yeah. you taste
0: almonds that's a different thing right okay um don't worry about it everything's fine no what, what? you've never taken vengeance I, I don't think I've Come ever ta- on.
1: No, I don't think I, I don't think I've ever taken vengeance upon someone. I realized something about me this week and it's not through therapy. I, I, I haven't I haven't got a therapist. Cuz cuz doesn't go to therapy. <laughs> I would like to go to therapy. Everyone I should yeah. you go to therapy. Everyone should you go to therapy. But but uh, I I realized something about myself this week that um that was like, "Oh yeah, I guess that's a thing," which is that I don't I can't lie. I'm not a good liar. Like, I can't, um, it, it, like, do you, you remember in Knives Out, the um, Anadamas character who throws yeah. up every time she has to deceive someone? Uh-huh. I'm like that. Huh. Like, I get physically uncomfortable if there's any part of something where I'm not telling the 100% truth. Sure. I, sure. Like, I, I would be a terrible poker player. I am a terrible
0: poker player. Oh, we should play poker then. <laughs> yeah, I no, because I'd just be like sweating every time I had Actually, like a... To be honest, I've been dying to play poker. Sorry, this is a tangent, but like, I'm not good at poker. But right. I, am the least favorite person at a table when they're good at poker because right. I'm dumb enough to not be able to read or play correctly, yeah. but good enough to still kind of win and know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, and know when to run.
1: Well, um, and then we could do a two a two for now because we're going into further uh, side tangents here, which is that we could do a double hitter of rounders with Matt Damon and Edward Norton. Sure. And um, uh, Maverick with oh, Mel Gibson and Jodie Foster. Have we
0: done Maverick? And
1: James Garner. No, we should have done Maverick with Maverick, though, with Top Gun Maverick. We should have. That would have we really have.
0: confused the algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I love that movie. Uh, oh, regardless, man. hey, maybe we have a Topam uh, poker tournament. It'll be, <laughs> it's have. a dollar buy-in. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, we'll uh, I don't know, are, are there any non-predatory Poker sites on the internet? I have no I have idea. No idea. This is also episode 390, which means we are 10
1: episodes away from our quad centennial. Is that what you call do, do we call
0: it? What the fuck? Should we do <laughs> for <this> episode <laughs> 400? Yeah. Should we. Reach back to like the guests we had ages ago and see if they'll send us another clip. Like, should I reach out to John Gabris (laughs) and see if he'll send us a clip? And be like, yeah, you know, you're you're an important milestone of this. I love Gabris, but he's moved on to much bigger and better things. Yeah, like, could we
1: get Schultz back on the show? I don't know. Honestly,
0: Gabris and Schultz, they probably do I don't want to play this card. They would 100%
1: do it because they're they're good good dudes. Yeah. Um, And they're actually, they always respond
0: whenever we chat chat to them. I don't know what we should do for episode four hundred. I was trying to think of something. Not the movie. That could be yeah. anything. We could do Maverick. <laughs> but uh I, I, Um I someone we we, do.
1: we I did put a uh, poll about this. People thought we should do a tw- live Twitch stream for uh, episode. Oh, 400. do it live. Yeah, do it. Let's do it live. We're doing it uh, live. Um, there were a couple of other suggestions as well, which, which escaped me right now. But but the t- the Twitch stream seemed to be the biggest one.
0: I happen uh, to be co owner of a company that has a Twitch channel. So what the? F- I know. We, <laughs> why haven't we done this before? Yeah, Actually, why- you know what? Email us in only at gmail.com if you'd like our four hundredth episode to be a live one. And if you'd tune in, because that's the thing, right? Like I want I want to make sure that people would like be there. Like I'd <laughs> want i and we would we could even plan it around like oh man. If people wrote in, be like, Yup, it'd be great if it was in within this time or this time, like I bet yeah. you we could find the sweet spot window because not a ton of people will write in. Yeah. Like uh so we could we could put it around your schedule. We're very uh <laughs> We're very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Cordial? No. Um, <laughs> uh, we have no desperate. Yeah, desperate. Desperate. Desperate is what it is. Desperate
1: is the word you're looking yeah. for. Yep.
0: Uh,
1: all right. We got a few. Well, we did, in, in our desperation, we always ask you to write emails, and, and people do. From time to time. We have a four of them that we would like to read right now. Four. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> Buckle up. Uh, thank you for everyone who wrote in, onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, as Kellen wrote us in, uh, I hope you're both doing well. First, some housekeeping of my own. I took Matt's advice regarding the Nicole Kidman AMC ad, and I'm all in. Matt's fuck advice yeah, yeah, uh, for, yeah, for those in yeah. the
0: cheap seats. What was it, Matt? What was your advice? Just sit there and <laughs> mouth along the words with it. Even say them lightly under your breath so no one can hear them. Okay. Indoctrinate uh, yourself to the joy that is the Nicole Kidman
1: AMC ad. I actually have not watched it in a while, but uh, I will try again. Um, but Kellen says I started quietly saying the lines with her and embracing the absurdity of it all, and I'm enjoying it now more Cause... than ever. Now on to new business. I unfortunately tested positive for COVID this no! week. Sorry, Kellen. Sorry to hear about that. But it came with a silver lining. Thankfully, I wasn't too sp- sick, so I spent a lot of time watching movies and catching up on older episodes of the podcast. One day, while Logging a recent watch on Litterboxed, I wondered how many movies are on the podcast I'd seen so far. Lo and behold, someone had made a list on Letterboxd of every movie reviewed on the podcast, not counting the special episodes. Right now, I'm at 214 out of 375, or about 56%. Shout out to Blankmans for creating this list. Blankmans actually reached out to us as well. Um, uh, I I can't recall the name of the person, but they host a podcast where they are going through every Pixar movie. Wow. Uh, So I will actually, in the show notes for this episode, uh, shout out that podcast as well. Cool. Fun fact, (laughs) um, uh, after logging in and seeing Blankmans list on uh, Letterboxd. Um, I have only seen 50% or 56% of the movies that we have reviewed on this show according to my Letterboxd profile. But oh, what,
0: is, you're not going to watch Jiu-Jitsu?
1: <laughs> that is a reflection of, of how poorly I log into Letterboxd. <laughs> um, but since uh, Callan continues, and, I'm, uh, and I apologize in advance Callan, Callan gave us a lot of top five lists here, and we don't have time to go through them all, but I'm going to give you the number one from each of his lists. Uh, since I was home quarantining and using the app a lot, I thought it might be fun to see a show. That's some of the statistics that Litterbox provided about all the movies reviewed up through day shift. The five most popular movies reviewed on the podcast, according to all Litterbox users, actually, let me read these out. Number five, Midsummer. Number four, Knives Out. Number three, The Batman. Number two, Joker. Number one, Parasite. Joker coming in
0: hot. I hate, I hate society. I hate the society that we all live in
1: let me let me continue. The five least popular movies, Michael Moore and Trumpland, Night of the Coconut,
0: and All right. Four. I, now I really hate this.
1: 3, Late Shift, the video game movie, uh, oh, the, the wow. full motion video. 2, Christmas in Dollywood and and number 1, A Dickens of a Holiday. Both our Hallmark movies are the lowest uh rated po- the least popular movies. Well, whatever. Dolly, okay, here, Dolly's here we go. Here to stay. Kellen's personal top five rated movies you guys have reviewed. See if you can spot a theme. I saw the theme right away. For number five: Blade Runner two thousand and forty nine. Arrival. Children of Men. The Empire Strikes Back. And coming in at number one: Mad Max Fury Road. Nice. Big science fiction guy. Yep. Uh, Kellen's bottom five movies: Gemini and Suicide Squad, Mother, Cats, and Fantastic Four. And the, oh wow, there's two. We there's did two the more Fantastic Four. I, I, I said I wasn't going to read them all, but I, I can't help Wait, myself. when did I'm, we
0: do Fantastic Four?
1: We did Fantastic Four. The origi- the, the, the remake, the, the Josh Trank Fantastic Four. I remember sitting in New oh. Zealand and watching that movie and then calling you up and recording the conversation.
0: My mind completely just erased that film. Oh, you I, and were you thinking of the uh, the, the uh, like the, the, older new one, the, one, Tim the ones that Captain America was Johnny Storm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: Okay, the top five best rated movies you've recu- reviewed according to Letterboxd users are The Empire Strikes Back, O.J. Made in America, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and number one, Parasite. Mm-hmm. And finally, here are the all-time top five lo- uh, lowest rated movies. Hellboy, Space Jam, and New Legacy, Fantastic Four, And then two of your personal favorites, jujitsu and cats are the, the lowest rated. I still own cats on <laughs> Blu-ray. No, I am not ashamed. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for all that informational statistics. Uh, Kellen, we really appreciate that, and we hope you're feeling better from COVID. Uh, and again, uh, check us out on Letterboxd, apparently. Uh, Blank Mints uh, has a Letterboxd list which profiles every movie that we've ever reviewed on the podcast. Uh, we should set up an Only Movie Podcast Letterboxd account. Yeah. I have one personally, um,
0: but I you know, I
1: check in every well, now and
0: then. thank again. you for all that information. Thank you. Uh, the next email comes from Yet. Uh, says, hello, Matt. its me, your only Malaysian listener. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. I'm writing in because you asked, uh, you've been asking so politely and non-threateningly, heart, uh, and also because uh, we rarely interact. How have you been? I'm doing pretty good. I hope you're doing good as well. That was me responding. Mm-hmm. They continue. Uh, Shaheer has informed you, oh, has Shaheer informed you of my suggestion to do Neon Genesis Evangelion movies? With Sedant and other potential dream guests? Wouldn't that be a fun time? Yes, it would. That's again me replying to the email in real time. As always, thank you guys for your weekly company. Love, William Cat. Thank you so much. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Uh, so, Shaheer, no, you haven't. I have not. I was a, I was a terrible uh, relay in that, uh, in that chain. Well, first and foremost, I would love to revisit uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion because it's been a long ass time. Uh, I, to be honest, I think I saw them when I was young and not paying attention. And (laughs) Jamie, I think has been wanting me to rewatch them as well. Okay. Uh, so I would not be against that, uh, in in the future at some point. I have never seen it. Uh, I would still, I still have a dream though that I would, right? Yeah. Doing it like doing a side, like with all the free time we have a side podcast with you about all of those episodes, because fuck man. But uh, I I think, honestly, uh, the Neon Genesis Evangelion movies uh, fit more our trope here. But anyway. All right. Well, uh, thank, thank you, you thank again, you. Week at,
1: Uh Jacob writes in: small update and some meandering thoughts. I watched Nope again with the same fellow who participated in my second US viewing, my brother, and I really quite liked it. If you recall, uh, I believe Jacob wrote us in and said he wasn't. Yes. He was sort of mixed on it and wanted to check it out again. So, uh, update to that. It's strange. I think the disconnect most with the film. I think I disconnect most with the film when I don't understand the procedures on screen, and for the mill when I think those procedures are not understandable, like they are a bit haphazard or a bit loosey-goosey with logic, I found it interesting that this happened to me with Jordan Peele, who I really do trust, but even after only two films. But somewhere within the monster's Positioning and beast like nature, complicated trap setups, and unlike and unique shot action, I became skeptical that the procedures would check out and the procedural checker part of my brain would start to tune out, drastically affecting my overall enjoyment of the film. A lot of what I hand waved away as pr- procedural faux pas simply worked on my second viewing. And then the aspect of my brain, uh, of film, my brain cares about much more metaphorical resonance, was able to fire away on all cylinders instead of just in, in spurts. Uh, that's a good name, by the way, Justin Spurts. Take away. I need to be careful. I think a lot of modern action can and often is quite loosey goosey, but my brain's disposition to dismiss it seems to lead me to an odd misalignment with films I would otherwise be on board with. Instead of nope, Jacob replies with yup. <laughs> Thank you, Jacob.
0: Yeah, I'm glad. I I I I posited that in my own mind laboratory, and I'm yeah. glad that uh my hypothesis checked out. Actually, technically it's your hypothesis, but I can it, put my name on the study, and submitted it for peer review. I hope you don't mind. Um <laughs> but no, that's great. I I love that's my favorite thing. When you watch a movie and you're like, meh, but then you watch it again, and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Again. Didn't happen to you with Drive though, did it? No, no exactly. <laughs> you, know, you know what? It did happen to me to, in though. What uh, Matrix Resurrections? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I thought like, you liked it the first time. around. I liked anyway. it the first time, but I w- I felt it was transcendent the second time. Like okay. I I am in it. Like I would watch that movie right now. In fact, I have to go. Okay. Um, but regardless, Matt, Matt, come back. Uh, yeah, no, it's too late. <laughs> I've started it. Um, uh, yeah, and oh, yeah. No, that's great. Thank you, Jacob. And I'm glad you're enjoying that. And then the the last email brings us in to today's film. It's from Dotun. They write, I would be really interested in hearing y'all's thoughts on BJ Novak's directorial debut, Vengeance. While I don't think the movie is mind-blowing or anything of the sort, I think it was trying to say a lot, and I'm curious to hear y'all's thoughts about it. Well, guess what? Guess what? What? We're doing it right, meow. Again, Cat's reference. Watch (laughs) that, too. Uh I did not even know this movie existed. Okay. Um, until we watched it. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I I I have I have twisting thoughts. I feel um, okay. about Much this like film. The movie itself. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, uh, the the IMDb, if you're interested, uh, Dotun or Shahir. In case you haven't gone to the page in a while, mm-hmm. uh, they write that this film is a writer from New York attempts to solve the murder of a girl he hooked up with and travels down south to investigate the circumstances of her death and discover what happened to her. Ooh. Ooh, accurate. Spooky. Um yeah, I mean, what did you know about this movie,
1: <laughs> I I certainly knew very little about it, but I did hear about it, and I heard that uh, it was um, uh, you know again B J Novak, uh, famously for uh, a writer and actor on The Office, uh, famously also uh, got a start uh, in Hollywood as uh, uh, a, an actor in in Punked with Ashton Kutcher, so yep. he would often play uh, characters in that. Um, so I was certainly aware of it, and I was very curious as to how his directorial debut had went, and the reviews I had read of it were very 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 positive um, so I was um, and you know I'm glad Dotun wrote, uh, wrote us in because uh, it's probably one of those films that I would have waited to get to yeah. uh, um, you know until it hit a streaming service or something like that and maybe had some time to but it's easily one of those films that could just slip under the radar and disappear entirely totally um, so I- I'm glad we actually got to do it um You know, uh, obviously, this film is touching our lives very deeply, since it is about the New York podcaster in many ways. But also, the film is commenting on the rise of, in in many, I I think particularly, the true crime podcast. And look no further than, uh, of course, uh, Serial uh, being the sort of uh, central... Progenitor. uh, Progenitor of everything that is that has come to be known about uh, the true crime podcast, and I think I think before we dive into the movie, sure for people, twelve you know more a, emails. Here we go, <laughs> twelve more emails. But before we dive into the movie, for people who actually don't listen to those kinds of podcasts, what are the tropes that this movie is playing on? That those podcasts, you know, again, podcasts like uh, Slow Burn, like Serial. Um, There was another one called Case Notes, I believe, that I used to listen to. I I do like true crime podcasts, but there is definitely uh, a recurring theme in these podcasts. And you can probably even trace it back to like the way Ira Glass tells
0: stories in This American Life.
1: I mean, first off, do you listen to any of those podcasts or uh, those types of podcasts?
0: The only podcast in the true crime vein that I ever listened to, and to be perfectly honest, I've fallen off, uh, is uh, Last Podcast on the Left. Okay. Yep. Uh, which those guys put in the work, and they're hilarious. And to be honest, I I enjoy uh, their sort of spinoffs of Page Seven or Abe Lincoln's Top Hat or Wizard and the Bruiser. We've had uh, them on on the podcast before in our Gremlins episode. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I I I I listen to Serial, mm-hmm. and I think weirdly enough, Serial with the with the with the like building the story to an end that's not an end. Mm-hmm. Um, really turned me off to the format. The thing I like about Last Podcast is they pick stuff that's old enough that kind of has a sort of ending most of the time. Right. Um, uh, for instance, the series that really kind of blew my mind, they actually did one on the JFK assassination. Right. And uh, that is one of the most fascinating looks at that's like a four part series or something. Uh, But like they look at things that have like the time and the history to it where there's probably an ending, whereas a lot of these podcasts uh, just sort of like build a story in a very I won't say paint by numbers kind of way, but it sort of is there's a template at this point. Right. and like and then the the template is it's not actually over, and then they have you on the hook for however many seasons until nothing happens, or like you know someone gets free or from jail like it's like a weird it's a weird hook that i'm not interested in well i I thought the
1: other hook that 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 the the movie is really tapping into uh was this idea that the the crime is only part of the story. The bigger story is really about us and America and our
0: souls and the and the and the quest for identity or or something along those lines. Well, I think uh, the movie does interesting things with that. However, I don't think podcasts tend to. Although I will say You don't think they do that, or you don't think that they do a good job like, I I think that they try to. I think they say the words. I, I don't think I've never been moved in that way. With with the exception of maybe you know what, actually, uh, there's a great short-form series, it might still be on NPR, I don't even know, mm. um, 99% Invisible? Yeah, I know 99% yeah. Invisible, like, yeah. I-, I think those small stories, to me, are interesting, because they tend to have, again, a- an ending. You know me, and endings. <laughs> um, uh, but, like, when when characters in a film or hosts on a podcast go on esoteric random trips of, like, well, everything means everything, of course. Don't you see? Because they, like, And they try to make sort of connect, like... It does bother me, I will say, uh well we'll get to sort of bits of it. The things I liked about this uh the movie and sort of how it was written, and particularly the podcasty elements of it, mm. is the the producerial moments when the podcast is being put together, felt correct, and the right amount of cringe okay the the the, the speechifying that many characters do felt rewarding because it turned certain things on its head uh, and expectations and and it did what I think a lot of podcasts try to do and make you reassess your, or what they say they want to do is like reassess your biases or where you're thinking and some do a great job others don't Um, I don't know, I I enjoyed looking at it from that perspective Mm -hmm. but but this is the thing I will say straight up that overall, while I had a few problems with this movie, I did like it. I yeah. do not think I would have enjoyed the podcast that was being made in this movie <laughs> if it was real. Um,
1: I think the I think the tropes that he's hitting on are very much accurate to the types of podcasts that have actually been kind of successful at doing this. Oh, and he and he yes, yeah, you know, like again, serial, uh, S Town, case, uh, case
0: File. Um, I was talking about personal enjoyment, not success they're they're dead on on what is successful
1: yeah, yeah absolutely and and I think um what why this works in my opinion, uh having thought about podcasts and the way podcasts work as a storytelling medium uh, in a somewhat different way to um, novels and and um, magazine articles and what have you is that um, the podcast is someone speaking in your ear, so it has that sort of quality of the inner monologue. And with the inner monologue, it has the quality of being able to meander and connect, you know, very disparate thoughts mm-hmm. together uh, in sort of beautiful ways. And I think you know, again, serial um, for all uh, of the sort of self parody that serial, you know, became over time. Uh, Not self parody, the parody of what serial became over time. Uh, I think it's a template. It's not
0: even parody. Like it's. it's well, I think do. I
1: think you know this movie is parodying that in oh, some way. Oh yes, the movie is, Sorry,
0: I thought you meant the podcast. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um I think that uh, you know the it it was really good at um, projecting the inner monologue into people's ears and making them feel like they were uh, exploring a story internally. And that's what I think you know the, these podcasts are really good is that they allow you to explore not just the external details of a crime or you know some story like that, but the internal workings of why that story happened. And I think. That that's really, uh, you know, that's why I love listening to podcasts. To be honest with you, um, and I think the movie, uh, you know, Bj Novak's film, which really is sort of anchoring itself around the creation of this podcast and what it means, is sort of doing this sort of refractive look at like both the the reason that that happens and um and also you know the the sort of satire of it, you know, which is that. Uh, at the heart of every podcast host, ourselves included, who thinks that uh, we are saying something meaningful
0: and profound is a is a silly little man on the other side. It's interesting. <laughs> so so in, I, we've actually never discussed this year. I, I'll, I think this is lovely. Um, I don't think that you and I all uh, talk for me. I don't okay. know how you think. I don't think I have anything profound to say. Hmm. Uh, that is not why I think I bring value to a podcast or this medium. Right. Uh, I think that, uh, to be, I mean, this is kind of a weird thing to say. I think I'm a decent conversationalist and I think that, uh, and I've learned how to do that through obviously talking to people, but also listening to a lot of podcasts that I like listening to that sound like conversations. Right. Um, I, I, again, I, maybe once in a while I'll come up with a nugget that's, that's, (laughs) that's lovely or whatever, but like. I don't know. You can, you all can email us in. This would actually be really interesting. OnlyMoviePodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Why do you listen to us? Right. Because like, I, I, I would say that if I was a listener of this podcast and not uh, 50% of it, um, I would say I would listen for Shahir's sort of like knowledge base of, of of cinema history, film theory, like a whole bunch of – stuff. I mean, you taught at a <laughs> damn fucking college. Like there, you have a lot – and you work in the industry in that direction. Uh, whereas I was always on the television side and stuff like that. And I can talk about producerial things and, and, and process in the industry, but I don't think that's where my value comes in. Like, right, right. like I don't know. It's interest, It's an interesting well, thought. Well, it's
1: also, we, we should also, um, uh, podcasting is not a monolith. and what we Oh, do yes, is it very, is. We're the only podcast <laughs> we about We are it. the only podcast. You got me there. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, podcasting is not a monolith. And what we do is very different to the type of podcast, the type of highly produced conversations and written um, pieces yes. that that this particular film is parodying as well, or, or making a satire about. Um, so, uh, I, I think, um, yeah, again, what we do is very different and I think, um, it is very accurate in terms of what it does and the movie name drops the book that I think also, you know, changed the, 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 the sort of landscape of both true crime reporting and also, um, the way in which, uh, the reporting of a crime can lead into a bigger sort of, Um, theory of the world, which is, you know, in the opening scene of this movie or the second scene of this movie, BJ Novak's character, um, is explaining to Issa Rae's character, his theory of why, uh, there's a, a division within America, why Mm -hmm. we are so polarized, uh, which has to do the idea that we all live in our own time space, not in our own, uh, space, which I actually think is a really, really interesting idea. Agreed. Um. But uh, the the book that he's name checking, of course, is Truman Capote's *In Cold Blood*, which, uh, if if you haven't read, is a pretty amazing reportage of of a murder. But with this I with this backdrop of uh, with, with a maybe a sort of clearer sense of what does this murder say about the landscape of America at the time? And, and, and like, as soon as I said that, that is the kind of thing that this, you know, like saying that out loud as a sentence is the thing that this movie is poking fun at. And I think that actually works really well, both in that, in that that's what I like about those podcasts. And that is also
0: what is silly about those podcasts. Yeah, no, hundred uh, percent. I think th- this um, movie, um, it's funny, to be honest, mm. when I was watching it, I didn't, Really think about the podcasty aspect of it that much, right uh, I'm more glommed on to that thing you just said about the concept of everyone sort of living in their own time like time. every yeah. time that they were talking about the podcast, it felt very this is not correct, but like it felt like. And well, maybe it is the character was being a bit pretentious like the yeah. whole thing is an exercise in like making yourself like it's about these people but it's about america but it's about me like yeah. it's like you know uh so i actually co- sort of glommed more onto that concept that he said not how he was recording and 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 going to share that in the meta narrative or the narrative i guess of the film um case in point like I liked how many times you'd meet characters that would say or do something where you're like, oh, I understand because this person is X, Y, or Z. And then they do something that kind of turns it on its head because you're like, oh, yeah, they're people. Like, right. I, think, I think all the characters, you know, you know, whether you liked the person or not, were all three-dimensional. Yeah. And I'm always a super fan of that. Um, I was very impressed that this is his first movie. Mm. I mean, he's always been writing forever. Um,
1: episodes of the office as well and you know yeah but yeah. his
0: first feature um because yeah. it felt really uh cohesive uh mm-hmm. you know the it, visually nothing truly blew me away but it was all it all felt like a cohesive whole it felt like i was in a wor- in a world that uh he had he had provided for me and to explore basically uh you know my own or the viewer's misconceptions about how people deal with things in other parts of the world but specifically a trauma that affects a community right. um yeah or, or or
1: or in a way parodying uh satir- satirizing the way in which the that community responds to um a tragedy in so much as it makes up a reality that it that that has no basis in reality right like that that's kind of what he's getting at as
0: well well it's funny because they do and they don't right Right, like that's the cool part about this. It's not just poking fun at at Southern folks that are making a conspiracy theory about a girl that that uh, that died. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out in this story, there was a conspiracy, and there like is a thing. It's mm. not the one that they thought, but yeah. it, which is again based in you know uh, characters, racism, etc. Uh, it's it's uh, it's every time it does something that plays into a trope or plays into a stereotype, it doesn't, I don't want to say it turns it on its head because that's not entirely true. It lets that trope or stereotype sit and then builds off of it to show a more complete picture. Right. Uh, and I really appreciated that in the writing and the performances uh, you know, of the entire cast in this because it made an otherwise sort of like baseline story elevated for me. Hmm. Um, and I'm always a fan of trying to see characters as people and not like, oh, that's this type of person. That's that type of person. Uh, not always sometimes in comedies and things you can, you can shortcut that, but that's not what this was trying to do.
1: Um, it's interesting that you use the word cohesive and coherent. I, I actually felt like, um, the movie had a lot on its mind. Uh, it had a lot of, a lot of ideas on its mind, least of which that it's, uh, referencing the sort of sudden phenomenon of podcasting, the type of people that make podcasts, the idea of like investigating a true crime, uh, in so much as, you know, like finding a story beyond the crime itself. Um, but I also felt, um, there was a sort of internal comedic logic that occasionally mismatched tones that I couldn't quite keep up with at times hmm. so for example when the, the 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 opening gambit of this movie is that uh, ben, played by B.J. Novak. Is it Ben? Uh, yeah. see if I got that wrong. Um, is sort of wondering, is a writer for The New Yorker and- uh, is New York Magazine. New, is it New Yorker
0: or New York Magazine? No, no, no. It's <laughs> The New Yorker, but they keep saying New York, New York, York magazine, magazine and he keeps correcting them and it's fucking hilarious because it's something that people in the South don't give a shit about, but he yeah. cares very much that he is correct and it is The New Yorker. And he uh, is
1: uh, also uh, kind of in the, the uh, again, a world I'm completely devoid of understanding, but in the sort of hookup New York culture, uh, there are people with whom he uh, meets that he only refers to as random house party, or the person potentially from the random house, you know, publishing company's party, um, you know, as he has a conversation at the beginning with John Mayer about... Uh, that opening conversation, by the way, I found was like... Um, it 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 really did feel like it 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 went on for about two minutes too long, and it might have only been two minutes thirty. Um, it, you know, was like, it was hilariously like, brutal. It, it was just it just kept going, and I was wondering what the point of it was. I guess it, it kind of informs how this character sees the world. Um, and then he wakes up in the middle of the night to a phone call to hear that his girlfriend, as 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 the person on the phone call says, has died. Um, and you know they're at this place in Texas. Um, you know, and, and he suddenly, he makes the, the the movie makes the leap to just suddenly send him to Texas. It's not like, you know, like we hear in that conversation that, uh, he doesn't really know the girl that he's, that they're talking about. Like he's just hooked up with this person, uh, maybe once or twice. Um, and but the opening gamut of the movie is that he suddenly decides to fly all the way to Texas to this, um, to this uh, funeral. And I think the part that I was missing there, maybe it's I guess it's implied, is that he does that because he sees this as an opportunity to, to see Heartland of America or something like that. However. The movie doesn't really play that up because he turns up there and he's like, "Why am I at this funeral? Like, why am I here? What you know? Like, I didn't know this person." Um, yeah,
0: he gets guilted into it re- weirdly quickly as a plot device, and then he's just—it
1: just needed one more scene to kind of like for him to go. Actually, maybe there's an opportunity here. Or yeah. you know, like because right. he just suddenly and you're because like you're suddenly watching it going, "Why did he go to? The, like, why did he fly to Texas? You know, like." I don't understand what the reasoning would be to fly to Texas unless there was like a reason for this particular character to fly to Texas. And we don't quite get that reasoning in in those opening scenes. Um, And so that kind of put me in the back foot for a little bit uh, of that first half of the movie. And then I think we sort of the movie slowly starts to catch up with them. uh, with the story, which is that he realizes that there's an opportunity here to tell a story. He pitches it to Issa Rae, uh, Issa Rae's character, who's his producer at the, uh, presumably the podcasting arm of the New Yorker magazine or something along those no, lines. No, there
0: was like a separate company that she, he kind of knew.
1: That she works for, yeah. yeah. And then she sends him equipment so he can start recording. And in that, there's a kind of comedy of errors uh, or a comedy of manners, maybe, uh, about the different cultures of New York and Texan, uh, Texas uh, in here, in, in so much as he's in up living with this family uh from the girl and and even sleeping in the room of the girl who he um uh you know slept with once i I forget the actress's name but she was in crazy stupid love and she's wonderful Mm -hmm. um so i for me then then the movie as it kind of veneer veers itself towards this bigger ideological question of like what? who is the story and what is the story? Is it him? Is it Texas? Is it the division between Texas and New York? Uh, is it about the way in which people uh, see view themselves? And Ashton Kutcher appears in the middle of this movie as a sort of record producer who happened to produce songs for this character, who has this the more character of, woman yeah, the, ca- yeah, the, the woman who died recording songs. Yeah, the woman who died. He has this broader existential kind of- view of the world where he sort of says you know like even he even talks to one of the record uh, to, to one of the girls that is performing in the studio imagine that you are the product of the big bang and now sing yeah he uh, has
0: it says it more eloquently I mean here's the yeah.
1: thing in that scene, oh thank you
0: I, I was trying my best I, I didn't have the lines in front of me no no I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying like uh, what I want to what I want to be clear on I'm not insulting your reading of this movie you're trying to remember a quote from what yeah. I'm saying is in that particular moment Ashton Kutcher's character is like a this cowboy hat record producer and you're like okay like whatever yeah and then there's some really fucking in my opinion really goddamn heavy cool fucking esoteric bullshit but like wow it actually does make sense lines that this guy says that like thoughts that like are cool like that, that like yeah you know what it is really interesting that literally the sound of our voices right now is, is the natural pr- like uh, sort of evolution of a sound that started all of existence. Like right. there's something fucking powerful to that. It would make someone sing better like and he does it. And then every line he sort of has in that middle point talk through, you're all like like, I don't know about you, but I was like all in on the bullshit. like, <laughs> yeah. like and, and, and it was good because it was bullshit that didn't feel like it was selling you on something. It was bullshit that like just felt nice. I think it's really well-written dialogue. Um,
1: and I think it's like, again, it's the kind of dialogue that really chews up the scene, you know, like, because it's like two people having to uh, vocalize
0: a really big idea as a conversation. And I'll na- I'll nail down precisely why I thought that particular scene was so goddamn powerful. There's a scene right after where BJ Novak's in the car and like thinking about it or like you're hearing the end of the conversation, like over him, like smiling and driving and just being like, holy fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I was having that same moment. I was mm-hmm. literally sutured into that, that character's experience in the film I was having right because of the lines. I was going through the same shit that Ben was. Oh, and boy. I was like oh. – it's, it's funny. For as much as I love movies and I love sort of getting that, like, like that uh, emotional suture to a thing, very rarely does it happen so cleanly. Right, and I think even just discussing it right now, I kind of realized what that's why I thought that was so effective and powerful. I, I think again,
1: it's good. Uh, there's, there's, what I like about this film in particular is that it's a film about big ideas, uh, as told through story. I think in terms of the way it's put together and the way in which those scenes actually become greater than the, greater than the dialogue, it, it it didn't quite work for me. I guess. I guess maybe if I'm trying to quantify it from a directorial point of view, it didn't like quite connect in that way. But I did think it was good writing and I did think they were like, I liked the big ideas at play. Um, and I think Ashton Kutcher actually does a real, gives a really good performance. And and like, Ashton Kutcher is sort of a fascinating guy. Uh, you know, he, um, as an actor, I think the dream role for him was to play Steve Jobs and he hustled hard to get that role. Uh, and he's also a serial entrepreneur himself, uh, spending a lot, makes it, spending most of his time investing in tech um, and then happening to, uh, you know, be an actor on the side as well. Um, so I think... I think those bigger existential ideas are kind of like a really good match for him as an actor. Um, and but then I think, like, what happens is the movie sl- like jumps between tonality of like the, the tonality of like what Ashton Kutcher is doing to the sort of comedy of manners uh, of like what it means to support Texas A and E versus Texas Community. College. Uh, I can't remember the two colleges or whatever. Um, that
0: whole it, joke existed mm-hmm. for a MacGuffin.
1: Yeah, it, it's 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 sort of like it's fun, but it it's sort of again, there's like the 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 sort of coherence of that scene versus what what Ashton Kutcher's scene is kinda of getting to. And then by the time we get to the end, you know, where where the big spoiler is revealed, and I guess maybe we could spoil it at this point if you haven't seen Venge well look, if you if you haven't if you haven't seen Avengers at this point, I think it is a for me it is a a medium recommend, which is that I think it's interesting and I think it has interesting ideas. I'm not 100% sold on it, um, but you know, in, in which case I, I'm like, I, I'm sort of hedging that with, with saying, is I'm not 100% sure so, that it exactly works. Yeah. But, but I like that it has big ideas.
0: So for me, I'm in the same boat but for different reasons. I'm a 50 okay. 50 on a recommend because yeah. while I loved like 90% of this movie, right? Uh, the ending was hyper sour for me. And the, and here's and he, and we'll get into why yeah. I don't want to say it quite yet because I wanted to sort of double back. I think I think that the reason why I did feel like tonally to your to your points mm. you were saying before that it is for me feeling like a cohesive hole between this sort of like comedy of errors, people not understanding from other walks of life, and podcasts trying to figure out a murder thing is both are leading us to the same conclusion, right. and that is that. Both of those things, making uh, a, a podcast about real people's lives in a tragic situation and uh, understanding uh, people from different walks of life, are complex and deeper than we give them credit for at face value. And right. that is what tied it all together for me, I thought quite beautifully, uh, until uh, the ending, hmm. which I, it's weird. I I will say straight up, I did not like the ending, and okay. at first, I was like, "That goes against everything this movie is saying." Right. Now I'm not sure. Okay, uh, and so I'm actually quite excited to discuss it with you and go through that because I don't think I'm going to change my opinion on the ending. Right. But I, I'm curious as to what you think that ending is saying because I'm a little lost. <laughs> So, okay, so let's get into
1: the ending. So as it turns out that um, the the young lady uh, that Ben was, uh, you know, had slept with occasionally, uh, we should look this up, by the way. Um, I'm not she, looking up shit. <laughs> she... Um, it was yeah, she Abilene. Was actually, the character's
0: name was Abilene.
1: Abilene, that's right. Played by Leo Tipton. Uh, and Le- Leo Tipton? Yep. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Um, uh, she basically was actually having an affair with uh, Ashton Kutcher's character, but just telling everyone um, that she was dating this other
0: person named Ben from the city. Uh, so it's to sort so of... So, yeah, it turns into a kind of conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. which is interesting slash not. And the other thing about it is, there's no, like, reason... Like, they don't set up a reason why it wouldn't be cool for her to be dating the record producer with the family. Like, she's lying to her family for no reason. No, like No real reason. Like, like, like
1: than, I guess we, we could imply... That it's known that he's a drug dealer but
0: no no it's not well if it's it, not known though, is it No like yeah. it, it, it's never brought up and granted <laughs> there's other things in there like at first when when the brother played by Boyd uh, Holbrook, who's awesome yeah. he's great in the new Sandman series it's great uh, Logan. To Ty, the brother Ty. Uh, he conscripts Ben in because he's like... Because uh, she died at a after-party uh, of, a, of a, basically like drugs, like the Oxy yeah. problem, right? right? And Ben's like, no, she overdosed or whatever. And everyone, including Ty, is like, she never touched a goddamn thing, so this is a she, conspiracy. She never took an Advil. And then it's all like... And then it's revealed that, no, she actually is. Everyone knows. Like, the granny lets it slip, and then that's the sort of the, the shoe dropping and whatever, right? Yeah. So, so I feel like in that moment... They would have if that was a thing, like they would have revealed that. Because up to that point it was just the uh the the cartel guy. Yeah. Um uh played by Zach Villa Sancholo. Um whose his they name was Sancholo, right? What was that? His name was Sancholo, yeah. yeah. Um who they all blamed for her death, even though she also didn't do drugs, air quotes. Yeah. So it turns out, though, that it's actually Ashton Kutcher, and not only were they in a secret relationship, but she was lying to her family for some reason to tell him it was some guy in New York named Ben, because I guess reasons, but also he, in fact, is the drug dealer as well, and he got her and overdosed her and ditched her in the at the after party, letting her die. Okay, so
1: uh, at first... Uh, on, on even just a reading of that, there's a kind of somewhat Chinatown-esque uh, sort of Except Chinatown, that, there were motivations and reasons, and yeah, this yeah, was this just one's like, just like this just happened. Good. But also, like, the way it's played at the end of the film as well is that he, um, he uh, she overdosed, he didn't care, and had her body dropped off in between four different jurisdictions, which made the case... Uh, uh, irrelevant and or, or difficult to solve, and she became uh, simply a statistic of of the the, the location crisis. of where she died. Yeah. Um, and but but it sort of played in this weird. There's a couple of things that happen in this ending that are a little bit weird. One is that it seems like he's doing this for fun. Like there's a girl in the tent that when that when Ben comes into, she is kind of being OD'd dragged and out, and she's being dragged out in the same way. In the same way, it was like, wait, is this a regular? It, like I couldn't figure out. It was like. Is it a regular thing that people overdose and he just dumps their bodies out there in, in which case why? yeah there's uh, no
0: explanation or reason or motivation <laughs> or character development to show that that is the thing but yeah, you're seeing it, it
1: exactly so it seems it seems a little bit strange but then as there's a double uh, a double whammy setup up in, in the sort of uh almost um uh, you know the secret recording that's going on. Yeah, Ben's ben, recording
0: the whole conversation of him admitting it. Ha ha
1: ha! But then, but then, he turns off the recording, and then he can, cont- and then uh, Ashton Kutcher's character continues. But, but you know what? Someone's going to actually take the other side of this,
0: and eventually we will spiral out into this thing where truth doesn't matter at all anymore. It's a. It's funny. It's a really. Interesting take on the current media climate. I think entirely accurate and accurate and adept. I think why it doesn't work is because they were. It seemed like Bj Novak and the team that made this movie was so excited about this amazing fucking twist and concept and thing like indig like uh, just sort of like. Uh, call-out of the Mm -hmm. way that the media actually functions in our current day and age that they didn't bother to put a solid enough foundation for this great reveal to lie on and because it's not set up and there's no good pillars or foundation for the characters that are involved with it it, you're just kind of confused and you don't really give a shit. Like the concept again is really top-notch but on a thing specifically for me that was really based in a lot of character work yeah. All of a sudden, we're just moving pieces like they're action figures because it's the most convenient way, and this is how we're going to end this thing because, like, oh, well, th- this is the quickest way we can get to this super cool double reveal. Right. Right. This commentary,
1: and and I think the problem there is that we what what starts happening, which is what I kind of felt throughout the entirety of the film, is that we're not looking at real characters; we're looking at mouthpieces for ideas. And it happens that he's filled them with good actors who can give those characters some life. I think uh, Boyd Holbrook, the the mother from, uh, or the the, I'm
0: sorry, I'm really bad with names today. You're talking about J Smith, uh, Cameron, Sharon, the mother, Sharon Shaw, the mother who who from uh, from Succession. She's great. great
1: uh yeah yeah um you know like i think what happens is that there happen to be good actors in here that can kind of fill these out to be a little bit more than what's on the page but you often feel particularly with Ashton Kutcher's character at the end is that you're not really seeing a, a real char- you're seeing a written character
0: you're seeing um, well, you are you're now. You're seeing the writing. Like, here's the thing. I actually think, and it, may, it, it 100% is a combination of the script and the actors that, that make me feel this way, but I feel like up until the end, every character is a character. Yeah, they're spouting big ideas, but I believed that that was their character, and, like, there was a complex turn or something that they said that, like, played against a little bit of type, but also played into type, and it was just this beautiful mashup that made me feel like I was interact, or I was watching an actual human being in a story until the end when they just dropped that, and it's convenient for Ashton Kutcher to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And that's a good twist. And then and, he drops the I mean, And you also Yeah,
1: it's just like But you also have Ben at this point, you know, this sort of nibbish New Yorker suddenly firing a gun up and killing someone. Sure. And he <laughs> and, misses
0: the first time. So
1: I appreciate that little detail. <laughs> but, but then like, having this body, you know, like having the sort of symmetry of this body being dragged out into, into the wall. And look, um uh the 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 movie I I sort of uh uh, thought about during this was no sudden move. The Steven Soderbergh sure. movie, where again in that movie a, a character walks walks in at the very end of the movie with the big ideas about how the world works, and that is a reflection of. Um, uh, the Ned Beatty character from uh, Network, as well, you know, like but that worked. And this it works because that character is the, the story isn't hinged upon that character's existence, or there's a comedic irony about what that character can do. Whereas in this, it's sort of like, what is this character doing, and why is yeah. this character?
0: You know, like you so, know, there's a lot of like, what is this? This brings me to my sort of big final question. Yeah, because Ben is our main character. Ben right. is the one we've been following. We kind of learn it's about Ben, right? Okay. And I I do like sorry just before you get in. I like this line which is
1: which he says which is that the story was really about me and I suck.
0: Sure. I, I think that's a great line. Here's the here's the thing. So, Ben murders uh Ashton Kutcher's record producer Quentin Sellers. Yep. Um and then they cover it up and the family like helps him or whatever and then he goes back to New York, but he also off the server, off the Dropbox, which I'm pretty sure you can get that back by the way. Uh, he deletes the entire podcast.
1: Right, and or he deletes the, the, those final recordings. That not the it.
0: final recordings, everything. Recording. He the whole thing. Yeah, because <laughs> you saw that fill up as the show went on, like yeah. the folders, he deletes everything. Huh. And he goes back to New York. Yeah, He's on the subway and he's looking out of it. And I think it was probably in Queens because it was above ground. <laughs> and, or Brooklyn. Or Brooklyn, sure. Yeah. And I was like, so what are you saying, movie? Well, there's a monologue that happens in that scene. Yeah, it where... doesn't really make much sense to me. Well, it's a monologue about
1: regret. And I think it, it, it's, 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 it's a monologue. What I would have It's a loved. new
0: idea introduced at the end yeah. of the movie that then is supposed to be the crux of the character unless, email us in, onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. What am I missing? Well, it would have been nice if this idea that
1: B.J. Novak taps into at the beginning of the movie, which is that we all exist in our own time space, and that's why we're different, was played up towards that end. I I mean, again, there's sort of shards... I, I no look what I'm saying is if the idea hadn't been at the end about regret, but it'd been about the fact that we all exist in sure. our own time space. If then they I, did that. Then I think it would have been interesting. And I I think there's an interesting shard of this idea when when Ashton Kutcher is talking about the fact that that Abilene uh, as a character, uh, you know, it, we're just there to pick up the recordings of this. we are we are uh, a preview to the recordings that we leave behind. And Abilene essentially, um for Ben is a series of recordings that he is then picking up the stories to. And I think that's that's interesting. also, and interesting. I like the idea mm-hmm. that through, again, an interesting idea that through reading her story and understanding the the sort of, Uh, snippets of life that is left behind about her he comes to the conclusion or he decides to use that information or that knowledge to kill ashton kutcher's character and the vengeance is really hers through through the great beyond you know like through the ether through death she has now enacted some revenge um through ben's character um and and then you know like it is this monologue about regret you know and and we you know life is only regret and i and you know like when he's on the subway at the end i think the regret he's feeling is for the fact that he is now going to have to live with the fact that he has killed someone all really interesting ideas. Yeah, but again, but, it's
0: a new con. Like, it's not tied to anything about the fucking movie. And, like, I guess what you could do, like, another way you could take it, but again, I think because that monologue about regret is at the end and it doesn't hit on what I'm about to say, it does, this doesn't work either. Like, you could do, like, he realizes that, like, man, everything is so fucked up. What I thought was valuable and what I could contribute to society was a take or something on these things that like me or entertainment or whatever fucking weird thing us podcasters say that we're doing. Mm -hmm. And then through a series of unfortunate events, he realizes that no, actually he's part of a cycle that is incredibly damaging to real people, people he specifically grew to care about Mm. and decided to not only end the point of suffering that is the person, but also not do what the villain sort of said they wanted to do and delete the entire thing but like there's no reflection on that it's just about regret and I was like again powerful choice but Hmm. not tied to anything else directly or indirectly that I can see about the actual movie here's the thing is I think I think it's all
1: there it's it's just it's the thing that I said uh, uh, up front which is that I don't think the movie is entirely concise or, or, effective in delivering that uh, those ideas in a in a coherent way, and, and that coherence comes from reorganizing it, understanding what the structure of the of the beginning of the movie is, and how it reflects upon the structure
0: of the end of the movie. And I look, but and I again, think the most infuriating thing to me, honestly, about that, just playing off of what you just said, mm-hmm. is I think it is coherent up until the end, and then it just says fuck it because it's too excited about a bunch of new ideas, and I'm like. That sucks.
1: I I wouldn't characterize it that way, but I I felt, like, again, I felt that the beginning of the movie lacked the kind of, Co- like narrative uh, character coherence that made me understand why things were happening, and then the back end of the movie lacked the kind of narrative coherence that made me understand what was
0: happening. Even and, even the way that like we didn't say like why he showed up in Texas like at all. Like I know that that was a dropped moment for you. Like mm-hmm. in the way that the movie was flowing, it did not bother me at all. Hmm. Oh, looking back, I'm like, oh yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But yeah. like there was a flow to the movie that was also going with the structure that I, I personally again I felt did connect. But right. I think that's why I'm a little more like ah about the <laughs> ending is because I didn't I I had that sense going into the ending where you didn't and then it didn't wasn't there either and I I got. I sad. think the
1: thing is as well is that I, I'm not I like I kind of what I like about the movie is its ambition in yes. terms of, in, in so much as that like again I think it's got big ideas on its mind I think it's a uniquely positioned movie that you know like he says like like his character says has a take on story on this type of um material like you know like he he says i want to be a voice uh you know not just a not just a writer i want to be a voice i want to be an opinion i want to have takes that matter that people care about that reflect upon the world in some way and and i think the movie you know again for people who listen to these kinds of podcasts i think it accurately summarizes or, you know, comes to some ideas about, like, the sort of silliness about what we do and the sort of co- comedy about podcasting and storytelling and this, you know, the, the sort of satire of the the great American uh, true crime podcast, which we are, in, in you know, entirely saturated with.
0: Yeah, and I, I just, I, I but wish... But I just don't think it all comes together. Yeah, I wish that it leaned into that in the ending rather than just being about regrets. Like, mm-hmm. I... There's so many things that it set up that it could have ended with that would have just kind of worked and tied it together for me, and it just decided not to. Because again, I think it got another idea, was very excited about it. It was an interesting idea, just not connected. Anyway, yeah. regardless, I think this one is an interesting thing, and I'm very glad uh, the Dotun uh, yeah. uh, wrote us in and 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 told us to watch it because. I was hyped to talk about it. I think that's it's I think that's this movie's greatest strength. Is right. I think no matter whether you like it or don't like it, or pieces of it, you will be excited to discuss it with people. Jamie and I talked about it for like forty-five minutes after the movie was going on. Like we and she actually really liked the ending, which I, I, I appreciate. Um, but like I, I I just think this is a great conversation film whether or not it is cohesive or or fulfilling in the end or whatever you want to say i do think it is worth the watch for that mm. um but no going in i guess as we sort of gave our like 50-50 like sort of thing like you might not get a cohesive satisfying film experience by this it might you you might have to find your joy in the discussion as opposed to the story that you're brought along on you know what's
1: interesting? As I, I recently, I was watching Collateral, the the Michael Mann. You brought Tom it up Creed. last week. Yeah, yeah, I brought it up last week, and I was, I, I actually watched it again this week, this week because I was, I, it's such a great fucking you should movie. Hear, there's
0: other movies. <laughs> Why? Why? When there's there's jujitsu.
1: When there's collateral, why do we need other movies? There's cats. <laughs> and, and there's a thing about that, which is collateral has an you know like all Michael Mann movies has an existential quality to it, mm-hmm. and it's basically you know Tom Cruise has this idea that that the world is indifferent to our suffering, so we should take ownership. We should take control of the world and make it what we want it to make, because. What else is there? and and then that that idea is challenged by Jamie Foxx in the movie, and they actually have to go hit to hit about it because Jamie Foxx is this character who has never taken control of his own life. yep. and i and I, and what's cool about that movie is that there's an opening monologue in that movie, much like the opening monologue of uh, BJ Novak's film, uh, which you know in in the opening monologue, uh, Tom Cruise talks about uh, Tom Cruise's character, Vincent talks about the fact that there are people like in LA, you couldn't you could no one could, if you died, people would not notice. You could not exist in this world and people would not notice. And he talks about like, you know, there's this man who was who died on the subway uh, uh, in the LA subway system and nobody noticed for like two or three hours, uh, you know, just riding around in the subway all day. And then that's what happens to him at the end of the movie. Yeah. You know, like he becomes this indifferent piece and it's this, and there, you know, like there's an existential quality to it. And it's, you know, that thing we talked about, which is that, that opening monologue about about the idea that we live in different times is really good. That's a mm-hmm. really good take. That's a really really great idea. Um, but the movie doesn't explore that idea. Well, it, again, I think it sort of does in in sort of in piecemeal ways. Yeah. But it never really, to me, solidifies that by the end, where where you know you get to the end of the movie and feel like, man, he was really right about that opening monologue, or that opening monologue, or that idea that we live in different times, has something to say about the way these characters interacted with each other. It's a shame. I, I but like like you, I'm I'm mixed on the movie. I like the big ideas. I like the ambition of it. I like I think I like the writing more than I like the execution. Is yeah. what I is what I kind of wanted to get at
0: with it. Well, there you go. This has been the only podcast about the film Vengeance. Vengeance. Shahir, when you are not enacting the most primal and yet pointless of human endeavors, where can folks find you? Uh, Most of my vengeance tricks would
1: probably involve laxatives in some way. So if that's the case, avoid your drinks. Uh, You can find me at my website, www.shahirdow.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com. Matt, when you are about to take a sip of your coffee very carefully, where can people find you?
0: Mm. Uh You can find me in the bathroom in about two minutes or at my website, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com for my life and works. Also Skeletor, the number four. PReZ on Instagram or PSN, and of course EmperorMSK on Twitter. Also, please check out the good works we're doing over on Extra Credits. We just released a so you haven't read on the novel High Fidelity, which we did oh, based yeah, some yeah. of the the Nick on the film. film. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nick Cornby film, uh, and it's oh, so fuck. funny that we were reading top five lists at the at the top of the thing. I was going to bring it up because we're it's, that yeah, movie's all, all he's about all top about making five. His top fives, yeah. Uh, it's very good. <laughs> I really enjoy it. Uh, I
1: love the, my my favorite thing in the movie uh, is that uh, he uh, organizes his music. Narratively right like yeah not, yeah, yeah not yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: chronologically <laughs> and it's funny because uh, we do the gag it's like you are so and so and you what? are a bit of an asshole like mm. it's like it, th- there's something about <laughs> high fidelity both the novel and the film that uh really uh, speak to early 20s me and helped me sort of get out of being kind of a I don't know uh, uh, made me less selfish in a yeah. way I, I uh, and we talk about it in the episode please go check it out. it's very good uh, next week what are we doing? Maverick.
1: (laughs) Maverick. (laughs) Look, Richard Donner is one of the great, great directors of our time. And Maverick was, I love Maverick. You know, like whatever you want to say about Mel Gibson. I got into a conversation about Mel Gibson this week and we were sort of all talking about the fact that, look, it's, it's, uh, he, you know, the things that he has been noted for in the last few years are of course terrible, but he's a really good director like I really like his movies, um, and so that's a challenging thing that we have to kind of like uh, yeah. negotiate now.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's funny. I, you, I, you know, you never, you probably was always a horrible person, but the, but the, like, I have memories of Maverick w- oh, way before that, and so yeah, it's yeah. kind of ingrained in me. It's, but anyway. it's like
1: it's Lethal Weapon as a Western. Yeah yeah,
0: yeah, 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 and I don't great. like westerns, but I like oh. Maverick. Uh ah, so anyway good. uh what well, now I don't know I, there's there's stuff coming out we'll we'll talk about it though this week's going to get dicey cuz I got you know I got packs coming up I got oh. Educon coming up What is Educon? I got Educon? Summer Cuffs coming up uh, Educon is a uh, educational YouTuber uh, event in New York City that I will be speaking at Oh, nice! Um, what will you be speaking about? I will be speaking about how to avoid burnout, or how to, how to best deal with, and then make sure you are not burning out. Okay, um, I think which, I could use some tips. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean i uh, i learned I learned by burning out, and now I try not to. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's on there with a couple other uh, wonderful creators, um, and it's going to be really fun. I uh, it's interesting. I've never been to a YouTube event before like that. Uh, so uh, I, I'll report back uh, as to how it is, but my time in the next coming weeks will be very limited, so possibly so, if there's nothing huge coming out, doing a movie like Maverick or something we could do very easily <laughs> would be good. I was going to say, let's, it, this is the perfect time to do Bellatas Santantago,
1: which is, of course, seven and a half hours long. I right? think
0: that is the worst thing you could say <laughs> to me. Um, that th- is how I seek... My vengeance upon you. Oh, it's not the laxatives I see. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's a little, that's just a spice. (laughs) All right, everybody, thank you so much for inviting us into your ear holes, into your own personal time spaces this week and every week. Or if this is your first week, wow, that's weird. But thank you, too. Email us in onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought of vengeance. Uh, If you can explain why the ending does all connect or the entire movie, I know we'd both really love to hear it. Um and yeah that's all I got that's all I have right now yeah okay the
1: tank's empty well I'll tell you why the tank is empty is because there were laxatives in your coffee
0: no the tank will be last week was farts this week is let's just let's just cut it while <laughs> let's we're just keep it going alright bye everyone oh I hate you so much <laughs>